You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Genesis 32, verses 22 through 32. Jacob wrestles with God. Jacob got up during the night, took his two wives, his two women servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed the Jabbok River's shallow water. He took them and everything but belonged to him, and he helped them cross the river. But Jacob stayed apart by himself, and a man wrestled with him until dawn broke. When the man saw that he couldn't defeat Jacob, he grabbed Jacob's thigh and tore a muscle in Jacob's thigh as he wrestled with him. The man said, let me go because the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I won't let you go until you bless me. He said to Jacob, what's your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name won't be Jacob any longer, but Israel, because you struggled with God and with men and won. Jacob also asked and said, tell me your name. But he said, why do you ask for my name? And he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel because I've seen God face to face and my life has been saved. The sun rose as Jacob passed Penuel, limping because of his thigh. Therefore, Israelites don't eat the tendon attached to the thigh muscle to this day because he grabbed Jacob's thigh muscle at the tendon. The word of God for the people of God. Jacob was a trickster and a schemer. From the very beginning of his life, he was trying to get ahead of his twin brother. A little earlier in Genesis, in the 25th chapter, verse 26 tells us that Esau was Jacob, and Jacob came out holding on to his older brother's heel, as if he was trying to pull Esau back into the womb so that he would be the firstborn. The name Jacob means he who grasps the heel or heel grabber, and it's actually a Hebrew idiom for deceptive behavior. One of the biblical author's favorite narrative patterns is that of a trickster. Throughout Genesis, tricksters are found among Israelites sojourning into foreign lands, among younger sons who would inherit, and among women. Jacob was the younger son. At this time in history, it was the right and responsibility of the older son to lead the people, and that meant that Esau would eventually take the the place of their father Isaac as head of the family. Their mother, Rebecca, believed that God favored Jacob over Esau and that her younger son should be the one to inherit and take the place as head of the family. 
This set up a very strong sibling rivalry. Esau became a skilled hunter and lived out in the country. And his father, Isaac, loved the taste of wild game. He was Isaac's favored son. Esau was impulsive sometimes. He came in from the wilderness one day, and he said to his younger brother Jacob, Let me devour this stew, for I am weary. And Jacob, Jacob was smart. He was the schemer. He was the one who had lived with Rebekah, thinking that God had told her that God loved Jacob more. And so Jacob saw an opportunity. When Esau came in and asked for this food, Jacob said, Sell me your birthright. Well, Esau said, If I'm about to die from hunger, what good is an inheritance? What good is a birthright to me? So Esau sold his birthright for a single bowl of stew. He then went back out into the wilderness And he continued to hunt and to earn his father's love through his skill of hunting. When Isaac decided that his life was ending soon, it was time to pass on his blessings to his son. So Isaac said to Esau, Son, go and make my favorite food for me. Bring it so that I may offer you my blessing before I die. But while Esau was out hunting, Rebekah decided it was time to take action. And she schemed with her son Jacob, and she said, Go down to the flock and bring me two goats, and I will make them into the food that Isaac loves. And then you can take it to your father so that he can bless you instead of Esau. Jacob went along with his mother's plan. The problem was, of course, Jacob didn't look anything like Esau. But Isaac's eyes had fallen away. He was not able to see in his old age. And so Isaac was tricked by his son Jacob, the trickster, the usurper, the heel grabber. Jacob came in wearing animal pelts so that he felt furry or hairy like his brother Esau would, and he smelled of the hunt like his brother would. And so he convinced Isaac that he was the son that deserved his blessing. And so Isaac blessed Jacob with riches. He blessed him with abundance. He said, you will be the master over your brother and let the sons of your mother bow down to you. Jacob bought his brother's birthright, and he tricked his father into giving him the blessing that was meant for Esau. And by these deceptions, he did indeed supplant his brother. When Esau heard what had happened and that his blessing was gone, Esau hated his brother. He said, the day of mourning for my father is at hand, and then... I will kill Jacob, my brother. So Jacob fled, and he sought safety in his uncle's camp. And there he met and married, and he had a flourishing family. 
but his relationship with his uncle Laban was contentious. And so they agreed the only way for the two of them to find peace was to walk their separate ways, to make camp in different places. So Jacob began the journey home, but he remembered that threat from two decades before, and he was afraid his brother Esau would still want to kill him. And so the scripture tells us that on that journey, Jacob cried out to God. He admitted his mistakes of the past. Jacob was still scheming, though. He thought, well, if if my brother is going to come and kill me, I don't want them to kill all of my family. So he sent two of his wives to one camp and two of his other wives to another camp, and he spent the night alone by the river Jabbok. And it was there by the river that he wrestled all night. Now, some scholars have argued that this is some kind of internal wrestling where Jacob struggles with the sins of his past. Other scholars have argued that it is indeed an angel who comes, and some argue that it is truly God made flesh. I think the text speaks to all of these possibilities. We know that God does indeed show up in Scripture in multiple places. Later on in the story of the Exodus, we know that God can show up in pillar of fire and cloud. God can appear in many places and times. And so in this night, it was a divine visitor, though we don't know the details. And Jacob wrestled. He wrestled all night with this divine visitor. And at one point, Jacob is holding on, and he demands the name of the one with whom he wrestled. Well, he didn't get his answer. But the divine visitor asked for Jacob's name. Assuming that this was truly God or even just an angel, that person would know Jacob's name. So in that moment, it was an opportunity for confession. It was an opportunity for him to say, I am Jacob. I am a trickster. I am a heel grabber. I am a supplanter. And in that moment of confession about who he has been, God says, I will give you a new name. And he has a moment of conversion. He has admitted that he was a liar and a cheat. And he then has an opportunity to become a new creation, Israel. The truth is in that wrestling, there was a struggle. And we believe that he walked away with a limp. He bared the scar of this encounter, a scar of the death of Jacob the trickster and the birth of Israel the nation, the fulfillment of the promise that God had made long ago to Abraham and Sarah. And as Israel, he goes forward not to overthrow or fight his brother. Instead, Israel moves forward seeking redemption, seeking resolution, seeking reconciliation. 
In the words of the theologian Henry Nouwen, the hope is that Jacob, having wrestled with God, leaves Jabbok as Israel as a wounded healer, not as a wounded wounder. The hope is that he will learn from his injury and he will use his experience to heal others, not to continue to wound them out of his woundedness. In that night, after wrestling alone, before daybreak, he gets his blessing and he moves from that place as a converted person, no longer Jacob the trickster, but now Israel, the one who will father 12 nations. And he goes to seek his brother, and he goes not to overthrow him, but to reconcile. And he knows that he might be killed. There is no guarantee that his brother Esau will forgive him. So he has sent forth gifts ahead of him. And instead, what has happened is Esau says, I don't even need your gifts. I have forgiven you. Now, this story is one that may be familiar to many of us who have followed Christ for a while. But this week in my research, I read a a new perspective from Reverend Nathan Asong, and he helped me see part of this story with fresh eyes. And so I want to share with you what he wrote. There was a high school wrestling match between two rival schools. One school had a senior on their team with Down syndrome. He wasn't capable of wrestling at a competitive level. And he didn't pose a challenge to any wrestler on the team. But the coaches asked if anyone on the opposing team would be willing to give the boy a chance to get out and wrestle for a match. And a wrestler did offer to take him on in a match. He not only wrestled with him for the entire six minutes, but he allowed his opponent to beat him on points. He gave his opponent the thrill of not just competing, but of also raising his arms in victory. Both wrestlers got a standing ovation, and there was hardly a dry eye in the gymnasium. In that moment, I gained a new understanding of this Genesis story of a man wrestling with and prevailing against God. The unique message of Christianity is that God is close at hand. God is not some impersonal force. God is not a terrifying presence, but God is a person that we can connect with. And in this ancient story, we see that God was ready and willing and eager to connect with us to let us wrestle with who we have been so that we can be transformed by God and become all that God wants us to be. We are spiritual descendants of Jacob. We are people who wrestle with God. Now, God could have won that wrestling match in an instant, but for the benefit of Jacob, God stayed and allowed Jacob to wrestle. He stayed as long as was needed for Jacob to experience the conversion to become Israel. In the same way, 
Christ has come into the world to allow those first disciples to wrestle with his parables so that they could understand their own conversion and find abundant life through following him. And we too, we can take all of our doubt, our anger, our despair, our questions, and we can take them to God and we can wrestle with them. And God will let us wrestle for as long as we need to until we experience that same moment of conversion, that we are no longer the creatures of this world, but we are new creations in Christ. Now, we may come away from that wrestling with a limp, but the good news is that God will stay on the mat with us as long as we need in order to be blessed and given a new name as a Christian. And for this, we give thanks to God. Amen.